<sighs> Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Special Wednesday edition. Uh, you might have been surprised to see this episode download. If I decide to release it today, um, I might just schedule it to release Friday. I don't know. I don't know. Probably we'll have a release today. But, anyway, um, my place of business has given us a four-day weekend for the 4th of July. So, rather than not have a Friday episode, I decided to give you a Wednesday episode. Because it's kind of, it's spiritually a Friday today. Where was I? Um, you will have a podcast to listen to this Friday. Um, the brand new podcast on the network, uh, which we will be sharing on Friday. Yes. (laughs) I'm a little... A little sleepy. A little out of it. I apologize if I, uh... Get a little spacey in this episode. Um, I only just realized that I ought to record this episode about an hour or so ago, so I don't really have any kind of any kind of plans. Um, my wife listened to Monday's episode. Um, which surprised the hell out of me, because she, I guess, very recently has started listening to, uh, she used to only listen to the Second Massage podcast. Um, but since she has started her own, she has started listening to, uh, more, and apparently, since, you know, the description of that episode was (laughs) me talking about how I loved her, she decided that she'd give it a listen. And, um, I mean, I'm not worried about that. I'm maybe more aware of what I say. I don't know. Um, I hold to the fact that I haven't said anything I wouldn't say in front of her. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried. But, um, this, if she continues to listen or goes and listens to back episodes... Which she may very well, I don't know. Um, it's... I mean, if I were her, I would. Because it's a direct line to my inner thoughts and feelings. Which I don't often share directly. So... And it's not that I am not willing to share them directly. They just... Often topics don't come up. Which I have talked about on this podcast. But... Uh, with the advent of Aislinn listening to uh, yesterday's ep- or Monday's episode, um, there we have a new segment, which is corrections and omissions. Um, Aislinn has a better memory than I do, um, so here is the very first correction and/or omission. Um, the reason I got into Magic the Gathering uh, several years ago was because Aislinn got me a bunch of cards as a gift. Um, The reason being because uh, I was kind of 
pining for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it had been years since I'd played, and I didn't really have a group that I could play with that was willing to, or that worked with my, you know, having a family and a full-time job, nine-to-five schedule, um, so that, like, I wanted to play D&D, but I just didn't have the right group to play with, and, uh, so I was just kind of bumming out on that, and she knew, excuse me, that I also liked Magic the Gathering, so she got me a bunch, uh, all five of the 2010 starter decks, which then, um, so that is the reason I got into Magic the Gathering. It wasn't just out of nowhere, um, in 2010. So, that was our first Corrections and Emissions part of Jeff in Motion. Oh, oh man. Someone's car broke down in a busy intersection. That's no good. Not sure what I'm going to do with myself for a four-day weekend. It's going to get my schedule out of whack. I mean, I normally I get up, boom, get up at 4.30. Make myself eggs and prepare my lunch for the day. Boom. Uh, eat said eggs and drink coffee that I've made for myself. And then exercise for roughly an hour while playing a video game. But now, uh, I don't have to get up that early, and I have to play the game of, do I want to get up that early to maintain the schedule I've gotten myself used to, or do I want to catch an, a couple, an extra hour or two of sleep? I'm not, I'm not sure. Because then, if I get up at 4.30 and work out for an hour... It's 5.30, 6 o'clock, and that gives me two hours, roughly, until my daughter wakes up on a good day. Sometimes she gets up early. So, I mean, that could be seen as time for me to sleep more. It could be seen as time for me to play more video games and or work out a longer period of time. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know I wrote something down in my notepad. Something I wanted to talk about. Oh, it was corrections department. Crap. Okay. I know people liked my Dunkin' Donuts episode. Um, I've got other jobs I had that I could talk about. And those are what are written down on the list. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, why the hell not? I don't have anything else to talk about. Rather than just listen to me yawn. <sighs> I'll go into something I've written down already. 
Um, let's see. First job was Dunkin' Donuts. That was my first job. Um, we can just go in chronological order. Um, my second job, which honestly was a fun job, but it, it paid dick. It was just, the pay was just awful. Um, but I worked as a kennel assistant at a local veterinary clinic. And my job was to walk slash play with all of the dogs and then, you know, feed them, give them water, clean up any mess they had made, give any medications to dogs or and or cats. Um, we mainly took care of dogs and cats only a few times did I see anything else. And, I mean, that was a great fucking job. Um, now, granted, I w- there were very few staff, so I would... And it was odd hours. Like, I would have to come in at 6 a.m., work for two hours, go, you know, go about, then leave, then come in again at 5 p.m. and work for two more hours. So it would fuck my whole day. Like, I couldn't do anything in the morning, and I couldn't do anything in the afternoon. And it was to a point where I was working that shift, that weird, broken-up, four-hour shift, like, six days a week. And I was making more money than I did at Dunkin' Donuts. This was one of the many times I had quit at Dunkin' Donuts and then eventually went back to Dunkin' Donuts. And, like, I was working, like, more days, but I still wasn't making the money I had at Dunkin' Donuts. And, granted, per check, money that gets put in my bank account, I still am not making as much money as I did when I worked full-time at Dunkin' Donuts. Now, granted, um, I didn't have health insurance then, so there's that... So, I mean, technically, gross income, I am making more. But, as far as money that goes into my bank account on a weekly basis, or bi-weekly basis, is about $10 less than what I was making at Dunkin' Donuts when I worked full-time. That's what a bachelor's degree gets you nowadays, apparently. And a whole lot more debt. Had I stayed at Dunkin' Donuts, I'd be a manager by now. And, uh, yeah, that's depressing to think about. But then again, I'd be a manager at Dunkin' Donuts and not a graphic designer. So, who the fuck knows? Anyway, the kennel. Um, this was back in the days when I was determined that I was going to be a veterinarian. So I figured, you know, kennel work, that's... That's a good experience, and it's attached to a veterinary clinic. Um, I got, you know, I got the, it was awesome. It was pretty damn awesome. Um, and most of the time I worked there, um, maybe 40% of the time, I was completely alone in the kennel and in the veterinary clinic. Because we also, we had rooms where there were cats which were inside the veterinary clinic, not part of the kennel at at large. And um, also, if there was any, 
like, if they had any long-term animals staying, like, animals that weren't sick, like, say someone drops off a stray cat or stray kittens, I would also have to go into the vet to play with them, feed them, whatnot. If... (laughs) I don't know if I finished this thought, um, but due to the fact that I worked all the time, yet still not much. I made dick for money. It was it was terrible pay. Um, it wasn't it wasn't it ended up not being worth the amount of money I was getting paid, which is unfortunate because goddamn I loved playing with dogs and cats and whatnot. Um, the thing about cats was, uh, yeah, you, you ever know someone who has a cat and it's really fucking mean. But they're like, oh, well, you know, he's mean with strangers, but not mean to me. Well, imagine taking, like, that cat and then putting him in a box. And then I have to take care of, like, a room full of them. Turns out, cats are kind of fucking cranky if they don't know what's going on. Especially if they're being kept in a cage. And granted, these were pretty roomy. Um... You could comfortably keep two cats in one, uh, no, no, no worries. But still, it's a significantly smaller area than most cats are used to being, uh, housed in. And motherfuck, there were very, very few nice cats in the, like, six to eight months I worked there. Plenty of nice dogs. As a matter of fact... The majority of the dogs were nice. I only had a mean dog once or twice. And, um... Yeah. Like... I had, like, scared dogs and, like, escape artist dogs. But most of them were pretty damn friendly. And, or even or just old and lazy. But, man, nine times out of ten cat was going to be a fucking bastard. And I mean, I love cats. I've got four cats at home. But goddamn, I hated cats at that job. Because they were all evil motherfuckers. And like, cats as a self-defense will just... (sighs) There was an old cat called Dino. And he needed insulin shots. And... Guess what? Dino didn't like getting insulin shots. Who 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 knew? Who could have guessed? And Dino was always in a bad bad mood. But this day Dino was in a very bad mood. And he was doing that awful growling cats are able to do but you rarely hear and spitting and hissing and swiping at me with his claws and fortunately it was one of those times where I wasn't alone in the veterinary clinic and I I reached out to some of the veterinary aides and I was like hey guys I just I can't get Dino his shot can I get a hand so what they did was they got me the air quotes cat gloves and the cat gloves in case you were curious, are leather welding gloves that go up to your shoulders. 
And because cats naturally have a ton of bacteria in their mouths, and you, a cat bite can easily mean a trip to the hospital. Uh, we, in my first few weeks of working at the kennel, the groomer got bit by a cat, and his arm swelled up like twice its size almost immediately. And he had to go to the hospital. So you don't want to get bit by a cat. And, and, like, and I mean like real bit, like draw blood bit. So there's that. So I get, am given the cat gloves and a towel. Um, we get Dino, we, we reach in for Dino and he, he gets, he falls. And what actually, what ends up happening is me and a second full grown person end up pinning Dino down and laying on him while a third person gives him an insulin shot. This isn't a overly, like a overly bit large cat. It's just a cat. But Dino was in... He was going full Looney Tunes car, Tasmanian Devil on us. And um, as we finish... And we get Dino a shot. And we put him in the fucking cage again. And he's still hissing and pissing... Hissing and... Uh, fussing. We kind of dust ourselves off and discover that in Dino's fit... In a, in a last-ditch effort at self-defense, he has literally emptied his bladder and bowels. He just shit and piss everywhere as we laid down on him to hold him down long enough to get him an insulin shot. And that in summation was kind of what dealing with the fucking cats were all the time and granted some of my favorite pets I ever dealt with were cats uh, there was one that was a rescue from a, uh, a house that burnt down and she had an inner ear issue and was you know the videos you would see of a cat with paper bags tied to its feet this cat walked like that all of the time and um when you're interacting with cats a lot, you get used to being able to drop them from, like, a foot or two above the ground. And this poor cat, I would constantly forget, because, you know, I'm cuddling a cat. Awesome. Then I'll just, you know, oh, drop the kitty on its, on its feet. It'll be fine. Not this cat. The amount of time that poor cat would hit the ground all fours and then just its legs would give because it doesn't have the balance and just conk its head on the floor. Um, not hard. I learned. But I did it enough times that I still feel guilty about it. And... Like, there were cats I loved there. But, like I said, nine times out of ten. Ugh, God. And, I mean... And, like, as a kid kind of a counter story to the insulin shot there, I had to give insulin shots to lots of uh, dogs and the dogs would be like here's a milk bone, boop, done didn't even notice, didn't even flinch that was giving insulin to dogs um and same thing, giving pills to dogs, put in some wet food, bada boom, you're done, all good giving pills to cats there was this fucking tool you had 
which was like this rubber nozzle that you slip the pill into, and then you're supposed to shove it as far down their throat as you could um, by yourself, obviously, like keeping the head in the, uh, the cat in a fucking headlock, shove the pill as far as you can down their throat, and then hit a little plunger, which would just drop the pill, and uh, then hope they'd eat it. And this, so, fucking, god damn, giving cats medication was the worst. And, but I gotta say, all in all, the best part of that job was the, excuse me, playing with the dog's part. And, I mean, that job is the reason that I want to own an English Bulldog before I die. Because what my favorite dog I ever played with was a do- an English bulldog named Charlie. And that dog was so much fucking fun. And he played so hard. And, like, that's the thing about English bulldogs is, like, they're a small-bodied dog. But they, they're just, they're made out of, like, fucking dark matter or something. Because they, they weigh, like, three times what they look like they should weigh. So he and they he was so happy all the time and we'd go out and play and I'd get like a ball or something and I'd throw it for him and he'd come and I'd kneel down and he'd come barreling at me and I forget what's like how heavy this dog is and he would like leap and hit me in the chest and I would just double over backwards because of how heavy this dog was and I fucking loved it. He was the fucking best. I saw him three or four times in the time I was there. And, god damn, he was my favorite. Um, close second, there was a dog, I don't remember his name, but it was a Weimariner. And they're a ton of fun, too. They're the, the, they're the gray dogs. They kind of look like a gray lab, but are skinnier. Um, if you remember the old shorts on Sesame Street, where the dogs in human clothes with human hands, those are Weimariners. And there are there lots of energy, really pretty dogs. They've got blue eyes and the gray hair, and um, God, they're fun. They're they're real nice, fun dogs. And uh, excuse me, we had a Weimariner that must have been in once a month the entire time I was there, and a blast. Um, another dog, one of the first dogs I met, was a fucking gigantic Doberman Pinscher. And he was purebred. He had the crop tail and the ears, which I think is cruel and stupid. But that, you know, that's not my place to judge. And he was, he was gigantic. And just fucking terrifying the first time I met him because uh, it was still when I was being trained, so my manager was walking me around, and Sintra, like, jumps up on the gate and just starts fucking wailing, just barking, 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 and I was like, holy shit, because this is a giant dog. This dog is, like, the size I am. And my manager just goes, Sintra, shut up! And the dog, like, sits quietly and is and behaves, and she's like, don't mind, Sintra. He's all bark. He belongs to one of the veterinarians. He's a therapy dog and one of the nicest dogs you'll ever meet. And 
there, I, that couldn't be more true. Um, I used to just fucking chill out with Sintra. Like, if I was having a bad day, I could just go sit in Sintra's cage, and he would, like, cuddle up with me and just chill out. And, like, fucking A, talk about a job that if you have a shitty day, you can just go and, like, fucking cuddle animals all day. And granted, yes, I got your fucking snippy toy poodles here and there, and they were goddamn awful. But, you know, it it really, it really was a blast. And if I had made any money, um, I'd be there today, honestly. I absolutely loved it. Even the, uh, like, even the bad parts, which was, like, carting around, or cleaning up tons of dog shit. And, like, we had trash cans, like those big 40-gallon trash cans full of only dog shit. And, like, and I tell you what, there's nothing quite like the feeling when you grab a bag of dog shit, which is heavy when you fill an entire trash can with it, and you throw the bag, the trash bag over your shoulder, and the trash bag is filled with air, and the trash bag, like, burps in your face, and, like, everyone, anyone who's done, like, a service job and has had to take the trash out has experienced that. Like, throwing an air-filled bag of trash over your shoulder and the trash bag burps in your face. Very few of you have experienced that with a bag full solely of dog shit. And it's... Because it's only your own damn fault. You know, like, I must have done that to myself once a week. Just fucking wafted my face in a bag of dog shit air ugh god anyway and like and there was it's very presumptuous of me to call this person homeless but I know they didn't have shoes and they carried a large bag full of clothes with them every time I spoke with them but there was a homeless person that would sometimes hang outside of the gate where the dogs would run and they would talk to me and it was not an experience I enjoyed because they often would ask for things that I was not allowed to give them. So, you know, there was that part of the job. There was the fact that I was very often alone on the job, completely alone. And a veterinary clinic slash kennel, especially in the evening, can be pretty haunting. And uh, there was a veterinary cat which just roamed the hallways. And I don't know how many fucking times uh, I'm going through, like, a dark hallway in a veterinary clinic and there's, like, you hear, like, the whimpering of a dog in the distance and, like, a Halloween cat noise. And then all of a sudden there's just movement between two doorways. And I'd be like, holy fuck it! Oh, god damn it, Stanley! God damn it! You got me again! And Stanley was great. I loved Stanley, but he scared the motherfucking shit out of me many a time. And I mean, there were sad things too. Like the time where we housed two cats with AIDS. 
and like they weren't allowed like you couldn't touch them without wearing rubber gloves and they couldn't interact with any of the other cats so they were quarantined in their own room which I I mean when you're the only person in a veterinary clinic you, you snoop around you know like I dare anyone not to snoop around and I found the the like there was this this closet full of things that had been taken out of or off of animals like just lots of vials full of floating ticks and small internal organs and kidney stones and uh, I coincidentally found a vial with some ticks that had been taken off of one of my uncle's dogs so that's neat um, and I found uh, a chest freezer where they put the animals they have put down in um, before they ship them off to have them cremated. So that was depressing. Um, and fortunately, they were not just like unceremoniously thrown in a chest freezer. They were packaged in opaque bags, um, carefully labeled like it you know it was no big like it wasn't that horrifying it was more like what are all these big bags in this chest freezer and then you read and it's got a pet's name and an owner's name and a time of death and you're like oh I found the death freezer oh my oh and um you know what I'm lying to you uh, that wasn't how I found it. I found it, I knew the freezer was there, and I knew it was full of opaque bags, but I never, you know, I was working, so I never took the time to really, uh, uh, investigate until one of the veterinary aides came to, uh, like, hey, could you give us a hand with something? And what, I was like, oh yeah, sure, why not? And what they needed a hand with was a very large golden retriever had just been put down and was too heavy for them to bag and put in the freezer on their own. So they needed another set of hands. So that was how I got to figure out what was in that chest freezer, was I helped put an animal in it. So the, the story is even sadder than I remembered it at first. And... I'm trying to think of just funny anecdotes. There was a thing where, like, like, you know, everyone will admit to this after being pressed, that once you first start your job, you are motherfucking diligent. You are the employee of the year for the first few weeks you're at a job. But by the time you're there for, like, six months... If there are corners to cut, you cut them. And that's the thing. This job, I often would close the shop down and then open the shop up. Meaning, literally no one was going to see the place between the time I got off work one night and the time I got off work the, the next morning. Because I'd often leave right as people were showing up to work like the counter and run the register and whatnot. So, I could just not sweep the floors. And I mean, I never cut corners when it came to 
cleaning up dog poo from the dog's cages, feeding dogs, giving dogs medic or animals, I should say animals because we had often had dogs and cats and other things. Um, I never cut corners when it came to actually taking care of the animals, but like whether there was dog hair on the floor, that was something I could wait till morning to do. So, and that was a job where you left when you were done. So, if I wanted to get out of there early, I could just, eh, I'll do it in the morning. No one will notice. And no one did. So, it was kind of, like, it was kind of great. Um, but, like, then again, it got to the point where I was only working, like, an hour and a half some shifts. Because then I could work... Because I'd get it the next time I worked. So, it got to the point where I was getting paid even less. Let's see. I once had a dog that was able to climb out of its kennel. Uh, which, fucking A. That was an interesting issue. And I'd, ha- I'd hear it. Because it wasn't fast at the process. But I'd be like, hey! 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 And the dog would be like, These kennels had to be seven or eight feet tall. So, because they were, they had an indoor section and an outdoor section, and you could close the doors, and you often would close the doors at night so the dogs would be inside at night. And fucking a, some of that was impossible to get the dogs to go inside some nights. There would be times where I would have to get in the kennel with them and shove them through the door and then close the, the like, indoor-outdoor door behind them. And often, like, getting a dog into the kennel was fucking near impossible, especially with bigger dogs, where I would often have to lock, close myself into the kennel and then climb out. Um, I had to do that on more than one occasion because the dog, it was just, it was impossible to get the door shut. Um, because, like, it, it was, it was fucking tough. And, um, okay, here's, here's a couple, two, uh, giving dogs medicine anecdotes. Um, I was going through, like, the list, or, like, each dog had, like, a care sheet on it, and it'd be, like, fed this often... If, if the owners brought a special food, they would list what the food was um, and any medications they would need um, and or special instructions. And it was like, you know, Fluffy needs this medication. I'd be like, awesome, sweet. I'll go, you know, I'll go grab it. And I, I get the medication and it's a tube of cream. And it says, apply to eyes twice daily. And I was like, what? Apply to eyes? And like, this isn't drops. This isn't ointment. It's a white cream. It's a white pasty cream. And I, it's, I'm like, and I keep reading it. I must stand there for like a full five minutes staring at the directions on this medication hoping they'll change. Like, put, apply to eyes what? And then I, it's one of the points where I'm not alone in the, uh, kennel. And I go and visit one of the veterinary aides, who I got pretty tight with by the end, and I was like, 
hey, guys, is this labeled right, or is this maybe the wrong medication? And they look at it, they're like, no, that's right. And I was like, put cream in the dog's eyes. And they're like, yep. So I had to take this just this pasty cream and rub it into these this poor dog's eye, uh, both eyes, and that was really a pain in the butt. Another uh, medication anecdote um, was I was giving a dog insulin, and you know, whoop, bada bing, bada boom, give the dog insulin, but um, at some point the needle bent a little bit. Um, probably taking it out of the dog, or, I mean, dogs have fucking, you give it to them in the nape of the neck, which is some of their toughest skin, honestly, I get, the needle might have bent there, but, um, I don't know how many people have had a lot of, uh, experience with needles, I used to be deathly, deathly afraid of needles, and this, having to just give insulin so often, and other medications, just, you know, handling needles, being around needles, seeing dogs just take a needle like it's nothing, it totally got me over my fear of needles. But um, I'm not sure how much experience people have with insulin needles and needles in general, but they uh, they have a, often have an orange cap over the actual pokey part. Um, I, okay, there's a, there are different, there's the syringe, which is where, which is where the actual medication is, the plunger, which you push down to push the medication into the animal, and the needle, which is actually, you know, the pokey part. Um, so there's often this orange cap over the needle, and the needles are just insanely sharp. And the needle had, got, it had bent, and I didn't notice that, and I put the orange cap on the needle, the needle caught the side of the orange cap and pushed through directly into my thumb. And this was after I had given the dog the insulin. So I poked myself with a used dog needle, which by all company standards, I am and like this was one of the many times I was alone. By all standards, I should have immediately called one of the veterinarians at home or my manager or something, and it was one of those like, oh, oh, fuck, I'm staring, I definitely, like, got into the meat of my thumb, and I'm just like, shit, I'm almost done with my day here, it was like one, like, giving medications was one of the last things I did, I don't want to cause a panic, I don't want to go to the fucking hospital, I don't have health insurance, I work in the morning, if I'm feeling sick or anything, I'll mention it then. And I didn't. So I, you know, I poked myself with the dog needle and never reported it. Um, and I didn't get dog uh, dog aids or anything like that. I didn't turn into a superhero with dog powers. Um, it was nothing, you know. Um, I could have, I probably got trace amounts of insulin and dog blood in my system. But they have since been... Uh, processed through, I'm pretty sure. Um, trying to think of any other good stories from there. I worked with a really cool lesbian. One of my favorite people of all time. 
And that was back when I was still kind of Jesus-y. So, it was, you know, I mean, I didn't, I mean, Lutheran and our particular sect of Lutheran didn't really, it was kind of like a, you know, uh, what was it, um, don't ask, don't tell. Like, you do what you want to do, we aren't, aren't going to judge you, just don't be up in my face with it. So, I never had, and I mean, I have a gay uncle, and I never had any kind of stigma towards homosexuality at all. Like, I was not raised with that, that was not encouraged in any way in our church or my family, like, so it wasn't so much that, but like, I was not exposed to much of it, much like gay culture, and I absolutely loved her. She was a fucking blast. And, um, like, best, like, best co-worker I had in the place. So I, I fucking absolutely goddamn total, real sweet, real awesome person. And, like, kind of a, kind of a mentor of sorts because she was, uh, four or five years older than I was. You know, she was further on in her life and, I still run into her every once in a while. Awesome. Absolutely love her. Um, there were only two times that I can remember that we had anything other than cats or dogs in the place. Once was an iguana, and he was only there one time that I saw, and he had a big old sign on his cage that said, Do not open iguana bites. So, you know, and, you know, he had food and water when I got there, so iguana was just more to look at. But there was also a, it wasn't a macaw, but it was one of those kind of medium-sized parrots. One that could still fuck you, fuck you up pretty royal if it bit you. And, um, but not like, oh God, where'd my thumb go? But still, like, oh man, I might need stitches. Anyway, this parrot also had a do not touch, I bite sign on it. And I was like, gotcha. Do not touch the parrot if you want to keep your fingers. I can, I respect that. And um, I've been bitten by small birds and that hurts like a fuck. So I am not going to risk getting bit by a bird the size of my forearm. I'm not going to hit. And uh, so the one day, and this, the bird was in one of the veterinarian's offices um, because, you know, don't want it with the dogs, don't want it with the cats, obviously. And I'm just getting, I'm, you know, dicking around. I'm heading down towards the vet side of the building um, for one reason or another. And I walk by the veterinarian's office, and I, you know, catch out of the corner of my eye the bird sitting on top of its cage. And this is one of the few times in my life I have done a legitimate cartoon-esque double take. I, you know, walk by the door, take a glance in, um, take half a step through the past the threshold of the door, freeze in place, and then slowly step back and look at the bird again. And I'm just like, "Fuck 
me. The biting bird is on top of its cage. Shit. So, I go get the cat gloves. And I'm like, alright Jeff, we can do this, we can do this. Because also, having previously owned a bird in my life, if a bird doesn't want to cooperate, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Because even if birds have their wings uh, trimmed, they they can still kind of fly, and they, oh, it's a, such a pain. Such a fucking pain catching a bird if they don't want to be caught. But this bird, you know, um, one thing you learn owning a bird is you often, you just, you come at them very slowly, you put your finger so it touches their, their tummy, and they just step on it. It's a natural instinct to, when they feel something stick like there, stand on it. Um, I believe it's it's like a landing instinct. And I do that. And he gets up on my finger. Very calm. Very collected. Doesn't, you know, shout. Doesn't hiss. Doesn't bite. Nothing. I put him in like... So I've got two cat gloves on. I'm like, huh. He's totally chill. And, you know, I don't take off the cat glove. But I scratch him behind the neck, which birds love. And he's just like, oh, he's closing his eyes. He's like, hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a ticket. That's a spot. And I uh, was like, huh, what do you know? And put him in this tank, or put him in this cage. What had happened is someone had closed him in this ca- closed the cage door, but they had not lack- locked the little padlock because people who own bigger birds know they're smart little shitheads, and he was perfectly capable of opening the door if they did not actually lock the padlock. So... That's how we got out. And um, I think, as my little last tidbit, it's worth uh, noting the difference between trimming a bird's wings and clipping a bird's wings. Um, Clipping wings is very similar to declawing of a cat. They'll, like, clip off the very tip of a bird's wings, and, like, they never quite grow enough feathers to fly correctly. Uh, We never did that. That is cruel. What we did was trim a bird's wings which we actually would painstakingly trim the feathers down of a bird which is essentially the same as snipping our fingernails it's a similar material it doesn't hurt them Um, it does no permanent physical damage to the bird so like I've heard uh, like uh, on other podcasts people really you know condemning the trimming of bird's wings which um, I just felt I ought to just put up the distinction there. Alrighty, I am home. Gonna have a four fucking day weekend. Hot diggity daffodil. Alright, take a picture of myself. Four day weekend, yeah! Alrighty. Mmm. I have a happy 4th of July, and I will see you guys Monday. Jeff, out!